Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus' name disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona, and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. to the word of the Lord tonight to 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 30 as you stand with me. Praise God. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Brother, we've been missing my brother over here. God bless you. Appreciate you. Hallelujah. And uh, so thankful for each and every one. I don't have my phone with me, but it's all right. I'm good. I want to caveat, the way that I caveat some things, this is definitely one that I have to caveat that I, I don't have perfected, um, and I'm preaching this to me first and you second, but just know that I'm not, I'm not preaching from a spirit of perfection, I'm, I'm preaching from a spirit of correction for myself and, and just uh, checking my spirit, but... 1 Kings 18 and 30, And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired, everybody say he repaired, the altar of the Lord that was broken down. In this story we find that he, Elijah is repairing the altar in which God would soon consume a sacrifice. Amen. Even though that altar was watered down and there was no way fire could be started, God proved his power and his ability at the altar. The fire came down on the altar. The power was found at the altar. So tonight I want to just kind of speak on rebuilding and rebuild your altar. Rebuild the altar tonight. Amen and amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Man, with that sitting down, I heard a couple people say, oh. That, that's when you know it was a good worship. <laughs> it's kind of good to sit down for a minute. <laughs> Praise God. You know, uh, there is something so significant about prayer. Prayer is the most respected, but it's also the most neglected. It's worthy of saying again, the prayer, prayer is re most respected, but it is also the most neglected. If we could analyze our world today, you, you, I got all kinds of stats. I, I'm going to just spare us tonight given the hour, but... I could go through and tell us and try to prove to us the, the condition of our world, but I think we can all agree that the condition of our world is not looking so, so good. Um, we have a world field of churches that don't pray. They have good worship. They have good praise. They've got good musicians, great talent. Amen, we were talking about it before service tonight. They have great ability. They've got the best uh, uh, instruments. They've got the best sound. They've got all, everything in order. But the majority of our churches 
is lacking the most powerful thing, and that is an altar. That is an altar. They, they, they're missing the altar and they're missing prayer. It is the most respected thing because I'm going to tell you, whenever someone begins to uh, find themselves in a situation in a hospital, I guarantee you they're calling on somebody to pray because they know the power of prayer and they respect prayer. When someone's uh, in an accident or they get a diagnosis, you better believe that they're looking and they're saying, I need somebody to pray for me. Even the, the most vile sinner, if you will, they know where the power lies, and that is in prayer. That's when the chaplains of the hospital become very popular is in the hospital. I'll let anybody pray for me. Before, I didn't want anybody talking to me about prayer, but when I'm sick in a hospital, you pray for me, you do whatever you got to do to get me out of this joint. Amen. It is the most respected, but it is also the most neglected. And so we live in a world that doesn't prioritize prayer. James 5 and 16 said, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman, it availeth much. The effectual, the effective the effective, fervent, the burning, the hot, the, the I'm excited about it, the, the prayer that I, I know what I'm fighting, I'm in war, the fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman. It is, it availeth much. It does a lot of things. It's very powerful. It has great ability. Praise God. In Ephesians 6 and 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. It's so important, church, that when we pray, we pray until we are in the Spirit. You can't just pray a little lullaby, lay me to sleep type of prayer and say, okay, I did my prayer today. We need to move and we need to get a little bit more spiritual, if you want to call it that. We need to uh, elevate our expectation and minimal requirements to say, I'm going to pray until I pray in the Spirit. You should speak in tongues every day. Now, that doesn't mean you've got tears flowing down the cheek and you're bawling and woo-boo-hooing or you're running the aisles of your, of your home or the, the, you know, the, the hallways of your home, but it does mean that I'm praying until I'm in the Spirit. And sometimes that takes more than just five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour. Sometimes it takes a little bit of pressing. If we can be just vulnerable tonight and be very transparent, uh, I think we can admit something in our world is very wrong. Something in our world is very wrong, and I could go through all the statistics, but we, we are lacking something in our world today. We, we suffer from a, uh, a perversive sickness that pierces beneath the fifth rib and plunges straight into the human heart. What is that diagnosis, you may ask? We suffer from acute prayerlessness. I'm just going to let it sink in. I said we suffer from acute prayerlessness. We talk about prayer, but we don't pray. We read about prayer, but we don't pray. We hear about prayer and even preach about prayer, but we, preachers, don't pray. I'm going to go out on a very thin limb right here. 
But I'm going to tell you when you can turn on something on your screen and you can put something in front of your face and, in front of you and give yourself entertainment before you seek the face of God, your priorities are out of alignment. We have a diagnosis of acute prayerlessness. When we must have the entertainment of the world to lullaby us to sleep, there is an acute prayerlessness in the home. Well, I know I'm not making any, any I'm probably not making any uh, fans tonight. And I, and I appreciate all of the things that the children did for our pastor appreciation. I thank God for, for the meal and all this. this is, I mean, it's incredible. I, I thank you so much. It touches my heart. But I'm going to tell you what. We've got to be a church of prayer. I said we've got to be a church of prayer. Oh, I'm preaching to me tonight. I've got to have my home be a home of prayer. Before the kids hear anything else, I pray, God, convict me to the level which they can hear me and my wife pray and they can see the life of prayer that we live. When they know the lyrics of a movie more than they know how to pray, there's a problem and acute prayerlessness in our own homes. We're sick. It's terminal. I'm not just talking about, I'm not just, I'm talking about this as a body, a church, not just this assembly. But it's terminal. It's stage four prayerlessness. Prayerless people contract this disease through the twin virus of doubt and apathy. People with no or little faith do not pray. They are practical atheists. Because they proclaim to be Christian, but they don't pray to the God in which they say they love. Friend, you can't say you love him if you don't talk to him. You don't love him. You like the idea of him. But when you love him, you want to talk with him. You want to commune with him. I want to have a relationship with him. I want him to be the first thing I talk person I talk to and the last person I talk to when I go to bed. Oh, I have, we have a lack of, of prayer. In their heart of hearts, they do not really believe that God is and that God is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Speaking of the heart, prayerless people long ago compromised their immune system by allowing lesser loves to consume their every waking moment. We can sit and entertain our flesh for an hour or two hours, but we can't find an hour or two hours to pray. There's a problem. Young men, young preachers, you hear me as I'm preaching to you because I'm preaching to me, but if you're going to stand behind a sacred desk and you're going to preach the word of God, don't tell people how to live if we can't pray. Don't tell me that you want to have a pulpit ministry, that you want to pray people through the Holy Ghost, uh, but when prayer time comes and pre-service prayer and, and when prayer time comes on Monday night prayer and when, beyond that, when prayer time comes in your home, uh, don't tell me you want a ministry uh, to minister to other people, but you can't minister in your prayer closet. Oh, God, we need a spirit of prayer to wash over our spirit in our hearts, in our homes, in our vehicles, in our, in our jobs. Oh, God, help us to rebuild the altar of prayer. I don't know, Brother Wasman, if you have that that I sent you, that 
little equation. But we talk to those that we love. So our silence with God is the measure of our loveless condition. You can't tell your spouse, I love you, but I don't want to talk with you every day. Tell him if you love God, you want to talk with him every day. How are you doing, God? How do you think I'm doing, God? Don't overcomplicate this thing. You just need to talk to God the way you would talk to. You see, much faith plus much love equals much prayer. But little faith and little love equals little prayer. And no faith and no love equals no prayer. So if you find yourself in a condition of no prayer, just know that there's no faith and there's no love. It's as simple as two plus two equals four. People who believe will also pray. People who love God want to talk with and to him. If we aren't believing and if we aren't talking, then we aren't praying. Every failure, everybody hear me today in this, this has got to be heard. Every failure, every shortcoming, temper tantrums, every fall to temptation forces us to face the uncomfortable truth that we don't pray. I thank God for every prayer warrior here tonight. You're the reason that I'm telling you, you're the reason, a large part of the reason why why my wife and I can continue going on and why some of these people can keep on, keeping on because you pray and you war in the spirit. So I'm, I'm not trying to downgrade what you and I were already doing in the spirit, but I'm telling you, we don't pray the way that we need to pray. To be blunt, outside of formulaic prayers at meals and bedtimes, few hardly pray at all. Your prayer at the dinner table doesn't count. Your self-seeking prayer to bless your day, it's not, that's more, it's going to take more than that. That prayer that you find yourself praying when the money's a little funny, it's going to take more than that. Let me tell you, we can place this, we can pace this floor until there's holes in this carpet. But if you're pacing and you're not praying, you're not praying at all. I'm not speaking against it. I, I pace just as much as the next person. You're probably some of you probably do it because I'm doing. I don't know, but what I'm saying is the pacing is not prayer. Lifting your voice is prayer. Kneeling down and closing your eyes and kind of falling asleep is not prayer. I'm just going to speak how, I, how bluntly tonight. Scrolling on our cell phones is not prayer. I don't care what you got going on. It ain't more important than the time we have we come and we pray. If you have a problem scrolling on your phone during prayer, you need to keep it in your car. I'm preaching to me tonight. 
Come on. We got a condition of prayerlessness and we got to get a hold of an altar. We got to rebuild the altar of prayer. Because it's at the altar where the fire comes down. Church, it doesn't come down when the worship starts. Don't be confused. The worship is not what brings the fire. The prayer is what brings the fire down. I'm not discrediting the worship and the praise. We got to have it, and we got to have it more than often. But without somebody finding a prayer closet and kindling a fire somewhere, there will be no true power. All we'll have is just a little goosebumps. All we'll have is hype with no depth. But I would to God that Lighthouse Church would separate ourselves from the spirit of this world and say, hey, I will be a man, a woman of prayer. I will be a man, a woman of prayer. Young preacher, before you want to be a good orator or a good speaker, God, make me a prayer warrior. Make me a man of prayer. Make me a man of prayer. Before you give me the next good message, give me another good prayer meeting. Don't tell me how good you can sing, but you ain't praying. Don't tell me how good you can play, but you ain't praying. Don't show me how loud you can shout, but you ain't praying. I know this seems, it seems blunt and direct, but I'm telling you, there's something on me tonight that I'm preaching to me first. We have a spirit of prayerlessness in our, in our movement. Not just I'm not just talking to us, but I mean in our movement. We got dead churches. I'm talking about apostolic churches that are dead and they're wondering, why aren't we growing? Why aren't we having the good, why aren't we seeing a move of God? We got the music, we practice, we got it all together. It's because there's a spirit of prayerlessness. There's a condition of prayerlessness. But if we can get a hold of an altar, If we could get a hold of the horns of an altar somewhere, that's when God will begin to fall. That's when the glory begins to fall. Oh, I'm telling you. Prayer is the most respected, but it's the most neglected. Oh, I'm telling you, it's hard to get a hold of this flesh. Oh, it's hard to get a hold of this flesh sometimes in pre-service prayer because there's a lot of things going on. We got our own problems and our own situations. And when Monday comes along, I know, I know the battle because I'm wrapped in the same flesh that you're wrapped in. But I'm telling you, church, we got to get rid of this condition of prayerlessness in our homes. Come on, daddies. Come on, husbands. Come on, young men. You got to get this today. Come on. Come on, young ladies. Come on, mamas. Come on, grandmamas. We need homes of prayer. We need homes of prayer. We need homes of prayer. Make me a prayer warrior. Make me a prayer warrior. Give me a spirit of prayer. I know I talked about praise and worship. We want our kids to know how to praise and worship. Daddies and mamas, we got to teach them. 
Same thing applies to prayer. I told you I'm preaching to me first, Sister Wiseman, because I'm a daddy and I got two kids in this church just like some of you do. And I'm telling you, I'm not perfect. My wife, she's not perfect. We don't capture everything. We can do better in a lot of ways. But I'm just going to tell you something. At some point in a child's life, the toys has got to stay at home. Hey, we'll camp out another day, but we're in the house of the Lord right now. We're, we're going to pray. We're, I don't know about you, but on Monday night prayer, I tell my kids, hey, about 10 minutes before we end, I want you, or 15 minutes, whatever, it's gonna, I want you in here. And you, some of you do it before, that's fine. But I want you in here because we don't come to prayer meeting on Monday nights just to play. I realize you may not be able to pray an hour. I'm not saying that. But I want my kids to be around people that know how to pray. Hey, I'm glad they worship. I'm glad they're shouting. I'm glad they're running the aisles. But getting my kids in a prayer meeting, getting my kids a spirit of prayer. Oh, can we lift our hands, mamas and daddies, uh, brothers and sisters that love our children. Uh, make our kids warriors of prayer. Oh. The reality is, is that few pray at all. If the most prayer you get is at this church during our services, there's a condition of prayerlessness. I'm preaching to you in love and humility. And as a pastor, your pastor, you've got to get a hold of this. You think we have great services now, and we do. Just think what will happen when that spirit of prayer seeps into our homes. Just think what happens to our kids. You think our kids are on fire now? Just wait until they get a hold of the spirit of prayer. Oh, that's why it shakes me and stirs me when little Weston's praying for Sister Chris over here and Gentry join him. It, it stirs me because there's power in that prayer. There's sincerity. Hey, I'm glad they worship it. It gives me so great joy to see them worship. But I'm going to tell you what, I, what gives me even greater joy is when I see them around this altar weeping before the Lord uh, and tears are flowing down. It gives me great joy because I'm telling you, uh, I'm saved because of a prayer meeting. You hear me? I'm standing before you today, not because of good worship service, but I'm standing before you today because of good prayer meeting. Hey, I gotta be a woman and man. You need to be a woman and man of prayer. Oh, come on, lift your hands and make that your request unto the Lord. <laughs> oh, I'm talking to you two kids, please. I love you and I know that we what we're talking about. Not a lot of your kid, your friends at school, they don't even know what we're talking about. I realize that. But man, if you can catch this kids, the spirit of prayer right now, I'm telling you, your family members that don't go to church right now and they're not serving God, they're gonna begin to come in. They're gonna be able to flood in because you begin to pray. You say, well, I, nobody sees me when I pray. That's okay. Because what you do privately, God will reward openly. Oh.
You see, some try to pray. Some have sense to do it. They try and they try. But for the few past decades, they've, they've made war on the floor, beseeching, interceding, agonizing, and travailing. When reinforcements did not appear, the few spiritual warriors fought on a hoping day that would come near that the church would awaken to her former glory. And many have now left us by way of the grave. A lot of these great, powerful prayer warriors. You think we have great church and great services now? I long for the day. I long for the day when we can have the power and the move of God that Brother Burville Bean would talk about in his prayer book where they would be slain in the spirit for two, three hours in prayer. I long for it. I said, I long for it. Oh, you mean there's no singing? No. You mean there's no preaching? No. But there's a sovereign move of God. Because somebody said, you know what? I want the spirit of prayer. That's right, sister. It's going to happen. I said, it's going to happen right here. We're, we're not far from it, church. We're not far from it. The spirit in you is right. The, I know I can feel the heartbeat on your spirit. Your spirit is right, but we're going to have to crucify some things. We're going to have to get rid of some things in our home to make room for prayer. Many have left us by way of the grave, and more, they have grown weary in the spiritual warfare, and they have morphed into the timeless role of a rendment, strangers in a strange land, prayer warriors that don't even really realize, know where they're at, because that spirit of prayer is no longer, it doesn't no longer exist in the church. We want hype. We want good vibes. We want, we want pump and we want. Oh, let a spirit of prayer hit this church so powerfully. I'm so proud of what, how far we've come. Don't get me wrong. I thank God for the prayer that we have on Monday nights and the pre-service prayer people. I'm thankful for it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking any of it. But what I'm saying is, is that there is a prayerlessness spirit. It extends beyond 30 minutes before service. It extends beyond 30, 40 minutes after a message. What has happened to us? Altars in need of repair dot the landscape. Like toy blocks strewn about and abandoned by a temperamental child. Like headstones and memorials toppled by a vandal intent on humiliation like a once proud building crumbled by a wrecking ball. The practice and knowledge of prayer slipped through our grasp as those elusive skills of yesteryear, like building fire, uh, building, uh, building fires and sewing dresses and, uh, and raising barns, uh, those once necessary skills have been, uh, neg- they've been abandoned mainly through electrification and department stores and urban lifestyle. But prayer, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it has no substitute. You cannot substitute prayer. 
you can substitute a lot of things that we have, the luxuries of the day, but if we want revival, it's only gonna come through prayer and through fasting. It must always exist in our lives of God's people. Each generation must build its altar. You hear me, young people, middle-aged people? Gone are the days of depending on an elder's altar. You hear me, young people, young adults, young married couples, you hear me loud and clear. We've got to build our own altars. We need to get into you. You go to your home or your room or wherever you live, wherever you reside, and you need to go home tonight, and you need to build an altar of prayer. We need to build an altar of prayer in our homes. We need to not wait till tomorrow. You need to go home tonight. Some, mm, some of you are going to have to get rid of the Xbox, the television, the, what are the iPad, whatever it is that you feel that space. Uh, and you say, this is now my altar where I meet God every day. At this altar is where the fire is going to fall. I'm not waiting until I go to church. I'm not just going to go 30 minutes before service. But when I hit that pre-service prayer meeting, uh, I'm going to be ready to pray for the people that are here. I'm going to be ready to create a fire and an atmosphere of praise and worship. I, I, I rebuke that spirit of prayerlessness uh, in my life and in my home. Uh, but we will be a family. We will, I will be a man. I will be a woman of prayer. We are busier. We are more productive and supremely entertained than ever. Yet we struggle to juggle the vital components of our lives. Families, relationships, careers, finances, possessions. And God fits somewhere into all of that. And we struggle perpetually to figure out where. The truism is true. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Our greatest danger is letting the urgent things crowd out what we view to be necessary. Lesser priorities seek to occupy the place of God once held supreme in our lives. And we are all the poor for it. Our churches are all the lacking for it. Our service, services and messages and altar calls are the less powerful for it. Prayerlessness is killing us. We believe in prayer, but we don't pray as we could and should. Consequently, we, consequently we, have cursed, we have been cursed with prayerless churches. We've been cursed with prayerless homes. We've been cursed with prayerless parents, prayerless children, prayerless preachers, prayerless singers, prayerless musicians, and prayerless volunteers. And why should people pray? If prayer is simply to get answers, then today's believers can consult the search engine. I can whip out my smartphone and get an answer. Seeking God takes time. Seeking time takes consistency. Seeking the face of God is more than just Googling for it. You can ask Google and just get an answer right that, like that. Seeking that quick answer has an abundance of answers. 
pull up anything. I need a fast answer. I just need to get, I need to get a word from God. And so we go to Google.com and we, we begin to search out the answer. And we got a thousand and two answers that we can choose from. I like that one. I don't like that one. I'll go with this one. I'll get advice from another preacher somewhere, another message somewhere. I'll just listen to enough messages until I get a word that God needs me to give. No, what God wants us to do is find ourselves on the floor in prayer and he'll give us the answer. Stop seeking for a preacher to give you a word and start seeking a word from the creator. My God, I want a word from him. I don't want to just depend on a man wrapped in flesh. I want the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to speak into my life and into my ministry. As the world's lawlessness rises in direct proportion to church's prayerlessness, we are the salt and light we are empowered by God to restrain the darkness and hold back the night. Yet like the bride sleeping in Solomon's song, we've retired to our chamber and wish to remain undisturbed. Like the ten virgins, we sleep as the night deepens and heaven's bridal party approaches like half of those young ladies. We sleep, but also have no oil in our lamps. It's a double curse. Some have left such a long time They've slept for such a long time that slumber has become their normal state. We come to church asleep. We worship asleep. We operate asleep. Slumber is just our normal state. They sleep through the crying need of the hour. We've slept so long that we've stopped hearing the cry on the field. We, we've slept so long, we've, we've not communed with God in our prayer life like we really ought to, that we've really missed the whole point of a burden. Oh God, give me a burden. Give me a prayer life. And in that prayer, you'll find a burden. I'm just not feeling it. I don't feel what I, I don't feel the vision of the church. I don't feel the, it's because you've lost the prayer. But I'm going to tell you what the cure of this prayerlessness condition is, church. It is to build an altar. Bring those up, Caleb. It is to build an altar. I want you just to put them on the altar right here, Brother Caleb, just right beside each other. You see, our present condition resulted from a broken down altar. But the cure requires us to rebuild. Just keep them right there. Just keep them right there. The cure for acute prayerlessness is intentional prayerfulness. It's an intentional decision that I'm building an altar for myself. I'm not building it for my spouse. I'm not building it for anybody else. I'm building it for myself. We must stir ourselves from the sleep and the slumber. We must be renewed that we may stretch our wings and fly. The breeze of the Spirit now flows. It's, it's time that we take on the new heights that God desires. But we need to find those in a time of personal prayer. We need personal prayer. We need more personal prayer. 
I'm going to say it again. Preachers, you've got to hear me. You've got to hear my heartbeat today. We need more personal prayer. Church, we need more group prayer. We need more united prayer. I'm telling you, we get a, we get a hold of a, ch- of a church prayer, the petty things will figure themselves out. The small things won't, won't be a hindrance to us because we, the problem is, is those things begin to get so highlighted, those little, those little things, those little foxes, those little petty things, because we've lost our focus and we have a spirit of prayerlessness. But I pray that tonight before we leave uh, that a prayerful spirit washes over us. Uh, Everybody from the pastor and pastor's wife uh, all the way to the left and to the right, uh, all the front and the back. uh, I pray that every child, every young person, every young man, every young lady, every mid-aged individual, every every elder, every family, every spouse, uh, that you would get a hold of this, what I'm trying to preach tonight and say I rebuke that spirit of prayerlessness uh, and I claim a prayer life. I'm going to read Build an altar. It's the same kind of prayer that brought nations back together and to God and to health. It turned the hearts of sinners to the ark of safety. It wrecked selfishness and wrought selflessness. The same kind of prayer that turns worlds upside down, births ministries and evangelism. It forges growth and discipleship. I'm almost done, Sister Wasman, if you would come. I want to just read a couple quotes and then I'll, I'm going to close down and however you want to respond will be how you want to respond. I read this and it began, I read these few and it just stirred my heart. Where there is much prayer, there will be much of the Spirit. Where there is much of the Spirit, there will be ever-increasing prayer. You see, we want power, but we don't want prayer. But the only way we receive power is through prayer. The one concern, another quote says, of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, and prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil and mocks at our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. What would happen to our city and our region if just a few of us would get a hold of an altar and say, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray like I've never prayed. I want us all to stand right now if you would. Another quote said it like this. There have been no, there have been revivals without much preaching. There have been revivals without much singing and worship and praise. But there has never been a mighty revival without mighty prayer. But somebody tonight, somebody tonight's got to catch this right now. And you need to build an altar. I want every eye closed, every heart, every hand lifted unto the Lord right now. Come on, somebody's got to get a hold of a, of a block right now and say, I'm, I'm going to rebuild the altar. Come on, I'm going to rebuild the altar. Some of your lives have altars that have been broken down, but you need to get to this altar and you need to rebuild the altar. 
the altar of God in your heart and your life. Come on, we've got some ministering among us. We've got some ministering in this church. You don't have a prayer life. I would to God that every minister would get a hold of prayer. Could it be said that we've got preachers that say they have a burden to preach and for souls, but they don't pray every day? Oh, give us an altar tonight. Rebuild the altar in my home. Could it be said that we spend more time with entertainment than we do in prayer? Oh God, I curse that spirit of prayerlessness. Oh God, I gotta rebuild the altar right now. Some of you are wondering why so many problems, so many issues, why, why everything is going wrong. Some of you are wondering, you got problems in the church. I'm gonna tell you why. It's because we've, we've, we've lost our altar. We've neglected the altar for too long. Come on, I'm asking you not just to pray quietly and softly, but I want you to pray fervently right now. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman, it's what availeth much. Oh, make me effective and make me fervent. Make me effective and red hot. Come on, we want revival. We gotta stop seeking just revival and start seeking an altar. Give me an altar. Give me an altar. You want a soul, young man? Find an altar. Give me an altar. to get a hold of prayer before he propels us into another level because he knows that we will die in another season unless we have a spirit of prayer upon our lives. And he's not, worth, he's not willing to sacrifice you or me. Could it be young preacher? You're seeking an opportunity, you're seeking an open door, but you're not seeking an altar somewhere. God, give me an altar. Give me an altar. Give me an altar. Give 
give it all to you. 